up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back to what Josue has to say. If you're new here, I'm Josue, and this is what I have to say. Today's episode. Before I begin, I always do this. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, do all the things, as it does help us content creators out, podcasts grow, money come in, all those good things. Back to my episode. Today's episode, we have the one... The only, the hilarious, Brittany Bray. Oh, my God. Thank you, Cuban Austin Powers. <laughs> That's what you sound like. And I say that with love. <laughs> Listen, I've been called a lot of things in my life. But, like ne- but never Cuban Austin Powers. It's first time for everything, baby. Here we are. <laughs> what's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm, like, nervously removing my acrylics. That should have been yeah, taken off two weeks what's ago. What's going on over there? It's just a nervous tick. I'm <laughs> mining the improv in a month. I'm stressed mm, out. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I want to sell that bitch out. Nothing less. So well, I, I got a total of two viewers. So, okay. <laughs> so get your tickets now. Okay. June 14th. Um, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. Busy. Good. Out of my mind. Happy-ish. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Mm. Yeah. You know, here I am. Um, tell me more about Dania Beach Improv. How's that? First off, it's in Dania Beach, and I don't know where the fuck Dania Beach is. <laughs> right, didn't you? You grew up here. Yeah. Where the fuck is Dania I Beach? I went to Dania Beach once when I was like 17 or something like that. Never been back. Are you for like for a vacation? No, I don't even know why I was up there. Yeah, that's It was huge. like a random encounter. In yeah. general, Broward County, everyone's like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. It's great. It's a brand new, it's the newest improv here in South Florida. And I got a headlining date. I headlined Miami last year, sold it out. It was great. Amazing night. And um, it's a big room and it's a big look whenever it's the improv. So I try to like space out when I do them. And then I was lucky enough to get offered a date. And uh, I'm doing Dania Beach because I'm on the radio on Hits 97.3 now. And I'm servicing a lot. Congratulations lo- again. Oh, How many you. times are I going to congratulate you here by the time the, the podcast ends? <laughs> thank you. To take a shot every time <laughs> I get congratulated. Um, yeah, so I'm servicing a lot more of that like Pembroke Pines, Hollywood area. And I'm just in Miami every single night. So I decided to venture out. So yeah, it's going to be good. You're such a great like radio person. I, not, not Thank that I, you. I haven't even heard you yet, but I can already tell like your voice and like the way you just amplify what you say and like things like, like I can picture you. Like I'm not good at a lot of things, but I am good at talking. That's like the <laughs> only thing that I'm really good at. I made an entire career out of talking in the microphone. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think communication is everything in life. Like, think about it. Yeah. Like, if you can communicate the right way to the right people, you everything's in the palm of your hand. I always say that. Like, I'm always like, good writers and good talkers. Like, you can almost bypass not having a skill or knowing what the fuck you're talking about. That's it. That's all the skill you need. Yeah. Like, if you sound articulate and you speak with conviction, like, you can convince people. <clears throat> so look at, look at how stupid fucking British people are. People listen to them because <laughs> they have the accent. They also overuse the word brilliant. Everything's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I'm like, relax. Like, nothing is brilliant in America. That's why we don't use that word. We're like, it's okay at best. We'll get by. Yeah, but British people are like, phenomenal. Brilliant, <laughs> amazing, splendid. I'm like, nothing is splendid. Maybe oh they're splendid in America because everyone's fat and diabetic, but nothing is splendid, okay? I don't know how I'm going to get through this podcast without laughing. Good, good. I, that's that's oh my, my job in life. It's my calling. <laughs> so Brittany and I, we met on the set of Only in Date. Mm-hmm. We met in, oh, with the only day peeps. We um, right. We filmed a few things together. Mm-hmm. Had some laughs. Made a uh, in lifetime bond. <laughs> Trauma bond. Trauma bond. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out OID. 
Sure. <laughs> yeah. Shout them out. <laughs> they need more attention. <laughs> you can let this hair. Don't edit this out. Come at me, bro. <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> you know me. I'm sorry. I never met a confrontation that I don't like. So, Ooh. yeah. Yes, but that is where we met. <clears throat> and I, I liked you immediately. I was like, he's so smart. Thank he's you. so articulate. Thank, sometimes. Other times, I'll talk's good. <laughs> yeah, oh, same. I yeah. do the same thing. Sometimes I'm like, am I having a stroke? Like, what's happening? Did I feel the FCAT? Um, but yeah, well, that's where we met. And it was a nice time, nice working experience. And then we stayed in touch afterwards. Yes. And now here we are, two people in Miami making shit happen. Making shit happen, baby. How Two did, people who haven't been to jail yet in Miami. Well, no. I, Have you? No, just kidding. Okay. I've been to jail in New Jersey. How's jail in Jersey? Not good. It was one night, um, and it was because I dated an abusive maniac, Ooh. and I had to call the cops on him, and the cops showed up in my apartment, and he was like, I don't know who started this fight, and I was like, totally. <laughs> like the 6'3 drunk maniac coked out and of his mind. And you're like 3'8". I'm like three eight and I'm like covered in bruises and the cops like, to be fair, I don't know who started it. And I was like, that's a good call. So then we, I went to jail for a night. That was fun. It sounds like Jersey. It's very Jersey. It sounds very Jersey. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to assume anything. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Um, so yeah, two people that haven't been to jail, but one of us has, but in New Jersey. So it doesn't count because it's not Florida. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't count. Jail in Florida is like Disney. <laughs> Have you been to DGK? At least what's, what's TGK? TGK. What's TGK? It's the jail right there on, where is it, Doral? Is that considered Doral? I think it's Doral. T TGK? TGK? Yes, that's where everybody goes. You get arrested, like anywhere in Miami, that's where you go. What does TGK stand for? That's a good fucking question. Because it sounds like a toxic fraternity, like you're rushing TGK. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not not that. Yeah. Oh, wow. TGK. Is it like juvie? Like, it's not really prison, but it's like jail like if you get arrested for yeah sure <laughs> i'm a no i need to know about this they just hold you there like until like you can post bond or like whatever the fuck and oh. then from there they take you i think to like wherever else you're going up to the, okay like, like or do you have murderers in that building or do you just have like misdemeanors and stuff they might have murders Nice. I'm not sure. We can take a field trip one day. Yeah, that'd be out. great. Let's go to TGK. <laughs> Let's go only in Dayton. <laughs> we might find some people from that team inside TGK already, actually. Uh, okay, well, men in Florida, I'm available to go on a date at TGK. I feel very comfortable in prisons. <laughs> you were in one when you were in that relationship. So Exactly. Uh, a prison in a prison. So, Okay. <laughs> Bro, so let me go back to the OID days. Oh, right. We had an outline. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. No, I love how this is going. Yeah. How was, bro, I went on those, like, I don't even know what the fuck to call them, the man on the street type of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, with those crazy fucking man people. I hated it. I thought it was awful. Did you enjoy that? What the fuck was that? Um, I love man on the street you liked stuff. It? I think it's funny. I think it's, I think you're always going to get gold. I think man on the street stuff is gold, but I think as a content creator or a comedian, it's pretty lazy. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm both of those things. Who's done? I'm someone who's done a lot of man on the, excuse me, men mm -hmm. on the street stuff. Um, I've done a lot of men on the street and <laughs> <laughs> TGK. Uh, 
I do think it's lazy though. It's lazy comedy because the thing is like you're ambushing people who aren't comfortable in front of a camera and you're literally out in the streets. Like you're going to get something funny. Yeah. So it's a little lazy to me. Like, oh, I do or not. Like I just think in yeah, general. Yeah. It's a cheap like, yeah. It's a cheap laugh. Like obviously they're going to say something off the cuff. Like they don't know how to be on camera. Um, and I did do some of that for Only in Dade. And because it's Miami, everything in general is a hundred times more chaotic. It's a it's hundred times louder. It's a hundred times more chaotic chaotic and I feel like it's very indicative of Miami like if you can rein Miami crazy in you can make something with it but sometimes Miami crazy is too much and you're like this is too far gone to even make sense of it you're just left with this like fucking tray of shit Uh, uh, like what the fuck do I do quite literally that's how doing stand up down here is like it's like some nights it's it's the most fun place to do comedy because it's so chaotic and like I said if you can get them and wrangle them it's really fun but there's a lot of nights in South Florida Miami specifically where they're too crazy they're too drunk they're too Miami and you're like bro guys you're being rude now at this point like you got a show yeah like if you're gonna be disruptive during the show at least when I engage with you play along don't just like keep steamrolling through the show I've heard yeah. that a lot from different comedians <clears throat> and just from people in general that are in the comedy scene, how Miami's like terrible for comedy. Like yeah. people just like, just don't fuck with Miami. for comedy. Yeah. A lot of national headliners and famous people didn't fuck with Miami for comedy for a while. And I can see why, like I, I started stand up in New York and when I first came down to Miami to visit on holidays or whatever, after starting stand up, I dipped my foot in and I did some open mics down here and I hated it. Like I was like, I didn't think, Shots fired. I didn't think a lot of the comedians that I had seen, I can't remember really who at this point. So it's not, not like I'm going to drop names right now, mm-hmm. but um, TGK, um, <laughs> but take me to TGK for name dropping. Um, but like, I, I wasn't impressed by a lot of the comics and I hated the crowds. And I, I kind of never saw myself living in Miami because I was like, the comedy scene down there is non-existent. The crowds suck. There's no industry. So I see why it got that reputation. But I'm actually making a documentary right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm executive producing and directing a documentary. Look at um, you. Thank you. I'm stressed. But, um, <laughs> Congrats, shot. Thank you. Congrats. <laughs> Ketamine. Um, it's about the growth that Miami comedy has seen because it is different and it is a lot better. And people in industry are looking at opening up clubs here and festivals and headliners like Andrew Schultz was down here for a little bit. Ricky yeah. Velez was down here for a little bit. Marcelo just got SNL. So like this wave is turning and I'm kind of making a documentary trying to capture it I a little bit. I think you're definitely on the, how do I say these words? <laughs> on the, like the, not, uh, like, Work, you're you're one of the people that are doing this. You're one of the people that are helping Thanks. this happen. I, I definitely think so, dude. Thank you. I appreciate like I've been that. seeing since we started working together your growth and it's 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 palpable. Thank you. <laughs> palpable. The word of the day is palpable. <laughs> P-A-L-P. Use it in a sentence. The sexual tension at TGK. <laughs> Is palpable. <laughs> Brittany's comedy career is palpable. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. I have a great sense of pride over the work that I've done for Miami comedy. Um, ups and downs included and everything. I know for a fact, it's one of those things that I do feel comfortable being like, like I've made pioneering. A- that was pioneering. the word. You're pioneering. That is not palpable at all. What is <laughs> No, I'm saying like you're pioneering this movement. Like you're leading this movement. You're thank pioneering. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a tiny pioneer. I'm Napoleon. I have Napoleon complex. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I did not set out to do that when I came back down in Miami. I was still living in New York. I was going back and forth for a while. I wasn't like, I'm going to pioneer this palpable comedy scene. Yeah. Like at all. I just did my thing. And then before I knew it, I was like, oh, I'm like kind of a leader here. And. 
I'm proud of it. So I'm, I'm hoping that this doc will be something that'll get the rest of the industry to pay attention and look at us differently and see the talent that's worth paying attention to here. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, thanks. We'll see. So, yeah. You're also on Amazon, right? You got a little series on there? Or? I have a web series, mm. The Disastrous Dating Life of Diane Damone. Now, is that a documentary more? A little bit. <laughs> How'd you know? Yeah, it is. Like, Diane is me and I am Diane. And it's about a single, aggressive Italian girl who loves hard and leaves hard and it's, so it, it's what, you. <laughs> yes it's not about me believe it or not it's about the creator joe conroy's best friend Lori roma um but her and i i guess are like separated at birth and was very similar <laughs> and when i read the script he's like i see you as diane and i like didn't know whether to laugh or scream or cry and i just was like yeah <laughs> This is me. So that's why it was very easy to play her. Um, but we have season one out. We might have a season two. It's on Tubi, Roku, Prime, IMDb TV. It's on a couple places, YouTube, Vimeo. Yeah. So Congra congrats again. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You're just reading off my IMDb profile. <laughs> My Wikipedia. Dude, you just got so much going on. Too much. Yeah, you and really somehow do. not enough. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, I know. What you, mean. you know, I mean, like, well, it's like in our careers. Like, I'm, I don't know if you feel this way with the podcast too. Like, it's like every step forward. Yeah. It's like great, but you're like, what's next? And I guess that's the crux of being artistic and creative. You're like, I'm lost half the time. I'm lost right now. <clears throat> Beautifully, I think. I don't know. Like, because I haven't made it yet, yeah. obviously, but I'm definitely not green and I've done some shit. Yeah. So I'm right in that middle ground. And I guess that middle. I think that's the hardest part to be in. So right? hard. Because you're just like, I don't. You're lost. That's I guess keep lost. going, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, and I'll. You keep going. That's all. Like, yeah. I'll find the next thing. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I guess I'm not going to stop. I'm definitely not turning back and quitting. And I know there's something on the other side, but what is it? Like through a forest. So, you know, it's just trying to, I guess, embrace the unknown. I don't know. So. That's literally all it, all it is. And just moving forward in that direction, hoping uh, you fucking get out of that fucking forest. You yeah. Know, see the other side. Yeah. And I think we all too, like I'm guilty of it as well. Wait for the one thing that's <clears throat> going to make me pop or break me or like that thing is coming, that thing. And it's like, it's not really like that. And do you want that kind of success? Like no. you want it to be a little bit more like there have been things like, oh, Miami New Times or all oh, this documentary or the web here highlights. And I think that's the kind of growth that you want anyways. Um, Cause if you stay waiting for that really, really big undeniable thing, you're gonna overlook all the other stuff that's happening. It's funny you bring that up. Cause I was thinking about that recently. Yeah. I was like, just thinking about, oh, like the way you make it is like a big break type of thing. But yeah. it's like, wait, no, it's not. And like, even if, if, if you do want some sort of big break, you probably would benefit more from what you said, like gradual kind of like highlights than, yeah. Than and anything one. else. Yeah. It's, um, and I know that's what's <laughs> worth it, but we've conditioned ourselves. It's not our fault to like romanticize the big break or the one true love or the end all be all. I think especially in this country, we like have always been conditioned to like work and then graduate and mm -hmm. then job and then this. And then, oh, you want to be an artist? So you wait until you get your big break. break. Yeah. Oh, you want to fall in love? You'll meet the one. one. You'll, you know, and it's like a very polarizing way of looking at things that I don't think is correct all the time it is and it's kind of like with horses when they wear that that thing on the side that just keep you tunnel like, vision tunnel vision yeah. yeah it keeps you just locked in there and yeah and it's being open <clears throat> to who was i talking to? i was talking to somebody last night about this about being open to where a journey could take you like maybe when you start a comedy you're like yeah comedy central and netflix special and maybe maybe now that's not the goal like yeah. maybe now it's like 
Comedy Central could fold tomorrow, then what happens to that goal? So yeah. it's just kind of being open to shifting. Shifting. Like even with this documentary, like I'm like, I think I've always seen myself as more than just a stand-up comic and a, I love stand-up and it's the nucleus to everything else. But I think like this documentary put into clarity or perspective that like I'm an entertainment professional. And I'm probably gonna like- it Diversifies you. Diversifies me. Yeah. And I'm on the radio now and I also act and I do a little <laughs> bit of like, and somebody one time had said this negatively to me. Like they were like, yeah, you do like a lot of shit. And they had said it like with, you know, that fuck shit tone, like you were, you're like, don't passive aggressive. I hate passive aggressive. Well, like it's called a hater. Hater, hater. And truly like not to go back to like 305 Pitbull mixtape at Dolphin Mall. But like, <laughs> if you have haters, you're legit doing something right. Yeah, 110%. Nobody hates on somebody who's doing less than them. Yep. Yeah. Amen. But they were like, yeah, you do like a lot of shit. Like you like are all over the place. You are whatever. And I could tell the tone was kind of like, what are you doing? And now I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. Don't, I do a lot of shit and people, it's great. Don't yeah. listen to people, man. It's important yeah. to pivot. Palpable pioneering. Palpable. Pivot. Is this an ASMR podcast? It is now. now. I want you to pivot into a palpable pioneering placenta with your penis if possible. <laughs> Papaya. 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 That's our safe word. Yeah. Is your producer laughing Before. or dying? Which one? A little bit of both. A little bit of both? Good. Good. Dying laughing. That's what I like. It's either that or I'm not doing my job, baby. Before we started, we were talking about a recent encounter you had with what you named Juanita like Juanita. <laughs> <laughs> this is too fresh. I can't talk about it. <laughs> she, she won't mind. She's not listening. I don't think. I feel like she's going to fall out of the ceiling. Okay. So... Florida is like a jungle, <laughs> like the Everglades and shit. And, not, you know, very Florida is very tropical. And I just was talking about this on air on my radio show that I was like, I feel like the palmetto bugs and the iguanas and all of like the Florida <laughs> reptile collection. Disgusting. Um, disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Okay. I don't understand people who have reptiles for pets. Pets, palpable, pioneer, <laughs> pets. Because I'm like, how do you have a pet that you can't fucking cuddle or has venom? I don't understand that. Anyways, I was just talking about how they're all on steroids. Because lately when I see these palmetto bugs and these iguanas, I'm like, they're beefy, man. Like, they're yeah. bigger than I've ever. So I'm like, I live on Miami Beach, and I'm sitting outside yesterday, and I hear something just fall out of a tree. And I look, and it's Juanita. <laughs> I had yet to name her Juanita. I don't know her pronouns, but we can go back on that. Pronouns. Um, <laughs> palpable. Palpable pioneering <laughs> pronouns. Take a shot. Um, I don't know her. I don't know her deal or her life. So I'm like, oh, hello. And I'm like, she's she's a big gal. Yeah, she looked beefy. She's thick. Yeah, thick. Okay. She's been doing those iguana squats. <laughs> she's, been, she's got a BBL, like literally. Juanita was packing and packing and she's like chilling. And then she jumps on my beach chair, like no fear, like right there and just starts like walking towards me. And I'm like, I don't know if this is friendly or, or bad, but I'm like, not about it. So I get up and I'm like, it's your world, girl. I'm just living in it. Like you take the chair. Who am I to go against nature? And then she jumps onto the table and I had a hummus platter, obviously, because I'm a white girl. So I was drinking an Aperol spritz and eating hummus, obviously. And she jumps onto the table and just starts, like, going ham on my hummus platter. Like, making a mess, eating the pita, 
PETA. And <laughs> like just, I, w- I have never seen anything. She had human-like that's when I named her one. Tendencies. Tendencies. Yeah. Like she was like looking around. She like crawled on the chair fearlessly to like crawl up to me. Just went head first into my hummus and tzatziki. And I was like, what's happening right now? Now, does she prefer the hummus or does she prefer the tzatziki? Uh, she preferred the tzatziki. <laughs> it looked like a porno. Like she dug her head in and then white stuff started spraying everywhere. I was like, oh my God, Juanita's a squirter. And... <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then she's just, she just keeps looking at me. And it was this look of like, yes, like, like what? And I was like, I'm going to leave her alone. And then she left and she just meandered her. It was just very scary. It was very scary. And she kept coming back. She crawled all over my shorts. She was like, she took the orange out of my friend's Aperol spritz and just picked it up. I, is, I don't know if one, if one is Juanita pregnant? <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> Like, I don't know. So it was very, it was the most Florida shit I've ever had to deal with. And that's saying something. You know, they're not even native to Florida. Really? Yeah. Like somebody brought them here and now they're an invasive fucking species. They actually encourage you. Yeah, they're fucking invasive. They are invasive. I would agree with that. They encourage you to kill them. It's awful. But like, it's like a thing. Like they encourage you to kill them because it's really bad. I thought about it. When that bitch went in on my hummus platter, I was like, you know what? This is self-defense. I like took my earrings off. So did she. And it was really funny because she had really, it had like really long nails. The Cardi B nails. And I was like, oh my God, she's Juanita. Like she just got a fresh set. She's hungry. She's PMSing. She's being done. Well, yeah, she was invasive to say the least. Like she walked around that pool like, what are you bitches doing in my backyard? Get out. Like everybody. It probably is her backyard. It probably is. It was kind of sad. I was like, all right, bitch, whatever. Um, So yeah, I'm traumatized, but I'm going to try to make something funny out of it. Well, you heard it here first. Juanita the squirting iguanita. Yeah. Mm. Juanita the iguanita. Also, it's a little bit scary for me because I am like three foot eight, basically. You like Juanita was bigger than you were. Literally. Like (laughs) she like had a foot on me. I was like, bitch, there's not enough room for both of us on this beach chair. Amazing. Yeah. So that was fun. That was yesterday. So I live to tell the tale I'm here. Thank God. And I didn't kill any iguanas before like PETA comes after me. Good. PETA. 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 Okay. So clearly I have been fucking laughing this entire time. How the fuck. I'm pretty funny. Did you, this is where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. How did you get into the comedy stuff? Trauma. I bet you were. <laughs> I bet you were like. <laughs> Like, well, think about like high school, middle school. Were you like the class clown type of thing? I was, I was both. And I still am today. I was like the nerd. I was class president. All four. (laughs) I cannot do it. What's going on? I don't know. I just, now I have to like ASMR every word that begins with P. Palpable president, pioneer. PGK. PGK. Um, I love your, your producer thinks I'm very funny. (laughs) June 14th, Dania Improv. Now, um. I was both. I was the goody two-shoes, straight A's, class president, and then I also was the class clown. I was the class clown in denial. No. What do you mean denial? I was the goody two-shoes in denial of the fact that they were the class clown. Ah, yes. But also the class clown that was like, hmm, I can stand out by having my shit together like the goody two-shoes. And I think that's still true today. Because I'm like out of my mind and funny and unhinged and like very like I'm a comedian very much so but I also can be like let's get down to business and like here's a pitch deck and here's let's set up this meeting let's make this happen let's make a documentary so I think both of that's how I was in high school but 
I, I've always, the only thing I've ever known about myself is that I was funny. I can certainly vouch for that because working together the few times that we did with Only and Dade, mm-hmm. uh, you were way more put together than Only and Dade. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany was very like, how are we doing this? Like when she's like in work mode, she's like, okay, like this is A, B, C. And then like she just turns it on. Like, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think a lot of artists can stand out that way. Like not to give unsolicited advice to other artists, but like friends of mine that are even like art curators or other producers or directors or whatever are like, it's really valuable to meet somebody who can be hyper creative and funny and edgy and yep. turn it on. But like you really stand out if you're also like really have your shit together and like have, have a, an active website and answer emails on time and show up on time, which doesn't seem like a lot, but a lot of comics are like, you know, like fucking losers. Like they are like, they roll out of bed at five and get high and late to their gig, drunk on stage, no website. No, it's just true. And it's a lot of talented and funny people that I just wish would get their shit together. And I'm like, man, how powerful you could be if you just like worked harder and like got your business right. I don't know. That's like a stereotype of a lot of comedians. It's that like, you know, reckless behavior that not being responsible, that just like Junkie, not junkie life, but like a little bit. Yeah, some some of them. Well, yeah, TGK. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think it's true, and I also think a lot of comedians subscribe to the like, I need to suffer in order to be funny. And I also don't think that that's true. Like, I don't think. I think there's not untrue, but it's not true either. Like, you don't. It's not exclusive. You don't have to be miserable in order to be funny. Correct. Like, there are ways that I am like batshit insane, and my head works on overdrive. And like, I will say like ever since pursuing art and like pursuing my own artistry and doing this full time and being a comedian, I feel, um, God, I hate the term empath, but like, I hate that. It's very overused. It's so overused. Empath. Empath. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, I hate that term. I just think we label everything and people are like, I care about other people's well being. I'm schizophrenic and you're just an empath. You're just an empath. (laughs) Yeah. Or they're like, I like give a shit when people are hurting. I'm an empath. And you're like, no, you're a decent human being. But like, I do feel my emotions in a lot more of a heightened way now that I'm like a full time comedian and personality and talent. Why do you think that is? Because I have to be. I don't know. Like, I, once you start doing. I don't, I don't suffer necessarily. Like I, like I said, I don't believe in that. I don't think you need to suffer or live like a mess in order to be funny or no. make it. Um, but I do <clears throat> think you getting on stage in front of a live audience every single night and dealing with that. And it's a lot, dude. It's a lot. It's a weird energy drain and gain at the same time. And you just like, it's kind of like you get like calloused. But both it like shaves off that exterior. So I think like that ability to read a room and make material that taps into yourself. Like when I am going through something emotional, I feel it way more than I ever did years ago. Probably because years ago I was buttoned up and working in music marketing. That's and just I called getting old, bro. Like I'm on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not as resilient as I was I'm before. not as resilient at all, man. Like when I'm really going through something now, like I feel it and it'll like yeah. debilitate me yeah, emotionally. Same, same dude. And, but I, you're an artist too. I, I do think it's that like you feel everything i think so just because how could you not when you're constantly creating and analyzing and you look at the world differently you're always making material which requires knowing yourself you're always reading a room like i underestimate what it's like like sometimes when i'm just randomly drained Um, and my like my mom was even like you're on stage in front of people every night like it's draining anybody, it's man. Training anybody. Like you don't even realize it. Like that, like being on and working with people and bearing yourself. So 
while I don't think you need to suffer, I do think I'm like much more emotionally tender and aware. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that like I'm I'm an artist and I'm a comedian and I also know it's my job to be too. But um and like I'm like a little bit of a mess now. Like on paper I'm a mess. Like when I was in my twenties, I like had my shit so together on really? paper. Really? Yeah. I had like my own apartment in New York. I worked at record labels. I had like a great credit score, four oh one K. I was like on top of it, never missed a loan payment, credit card payment. Like now, a, now I went bankrupt. Yeah, <laughs> now I live in this mall. And I know. Um, but like, so now it's like, it's interesting. I'm like 32 and like on paper, like I'm like, it's constantly but you're up and but down. But you're happier. But I'm happier. So that's what matters. And I'm doing what I want. And yeah. I actually feel the most of myself that I've ever felt. At the end of the day, that's really all to fucking boils down to. Is yeah, because a lot of people can have it all together on paper and have a yacht and, and a mansion. And be miserable. And be miserable well, and go their whole life not I, knowing who they are. I know plenty of them, so. Yeah. I say that even about, like, guys <laughs> when I date that, like, are running from commitment or running from themselves or running from when things get intense or whatever. And I'm like, you're going to be the guy in his, like, 40s and 50s that, like, is really sad and alone and, and Oof, yep. dating somebody way too young for you who's probably blonde, not to hate, but she's going to be blonde. And like, you're, no hate, but a little bit. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit brunette game. Um, but yeah, like it's, I don't know. I, I know the important stuff is what's figured out. Like the money will come and everything also fall back into place. I chose a ridiculous career path and I sacrificed a lot and somebody was like you're going to have to be broke and kind of insane for a little while. So to that point while I don't think it's you you need to suffer or be a mess to be a great comedian, I am a little bit of both of those things right now cuz I had to kind of like if I'm going to do this. Well, I mean here we go. Adver Let's do adversity it. of any kind's part of the the game, right? right? Like you have to how else would you <clears throat> grow and learn right. and all that shit. Right. Makes you want it for sure. <clears throat> How do you feel being part of a male-dominated industry? Because, I mean, female's obviously part of comedy, too, but I feel like it's mostly, like, it's like a guy's world, kind of, mm -hmm. or at least from, from what I've been exposed to. It is. It's um. It's still a boys' club. It is changing pretty tangibly now, I will say, which is great. Thanks to your pioneering. <laughs> <laughs> My palpable pioneering <laughs> is helping the industry pivot from penises. <laughs> To pussies. <laughs> Episode title? I think so. Um, yeah, I um, I love it personally. Yeah. Like, I like it a lot. I Because, I mean, it's an interesting thing to say because it's like there's no denying the biases against female comedians um, from, you know, the old archaic dinosaurs who love to tell you how many years they've been in the game. And let me tell you something, Toots. And, and you they know, talk like that. They talk like that. And I know comedians like down Joey here. Joey Diaz. Who sounds like, yeah, I love Joey Diaz. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, people less successful than Joey Diaz who are still here in Florida. You know, I saw, sorry to interrupt you. I saw him at the improv and I only went to go see him because I just liked him on Rogan and his podcast. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to be as funny as he was. Mm. Like stand up. Well, that's great had, that he was. I had tears. I was yeah. like, because maybe my expectations were low, and that's why I thought it was so funny. But I was yeah. just like, he's not going to be that funny, yo. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. At some point when you've been doing it that long, you're just like undeniable because yeah, you're just so comfortable up there. But that is, that's across the board with stand-up. A lot of people go to stand-up comedy shows, and they're immediately like, oh, this is going to suck. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have a point because sometimes it does. But um, it is a boys' club still. It is changing. Um it is very frustrating because those biases are everywhere and you see it in our pay. 
in really? our bookings. There are less spots at comedy clubs for women. It's very rare that headliners at the improv specifically request women. It's often men. It's um, also there's like a demo, like a not a demographic, but like a I didn't know that they differentiated like they request men. It can't. Yeah, it's like a casting couch. It's like anything um, else. And like sometimes they request women. Sometimes they request gotcha. gay openers, queer openers, gotcha, and stuff. Gotcha, it's gotcha, not gotcha, as often. Gotcha. Um, and it's just. It's just notoriously hard in general because they see you and they immediately are like, is this going to be good? Is she going to be funny? And then even if you do kill, you get some backhanded bullshit compliment that's like, I didn't expect that out of you. And then you're like, okay. Like, you know, like it's- What the fuck are you expecting? What the fuck yeah. does that mean? Yeah, I love making them uncomfortable and being like, then what did you expect? And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, say well, it. Uh, uh, you know, like you're a girl and you come out and you're like really short. And I'm like- so those two things, obviously, in your head equal not funny. But I will say, it if you play this industry correctly and you just work really hard, and I'm speaking to other women <clears throat> comics and women who want to get into comedy, the truth is people will tell you from the second you start stand-up that funny is funny. That's it. Funny is funny. And as we know, there are tons of globally renowned female comics, very famous, successful female comics that are breaking through the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good mentality for everybody, but specifically female comics to have, because then it allows you to put the focus on your craft and absolutely nothing else. Like, yes, there's all that bullshit. Yes, you won't get paid the same your male coworkers will. Like I've had, I personally had that a ton of times or you'll get passed up for things. You'll get disrespected. It's a lot harder for you to get in the clubs. All those things are true. Those things are very, very true. You'll, you'll get doubted, all of that. But if you really focus on just being funny and just being undeniable and working really hard, you will succeed. And then it won't matter whether you're female, male, or however the fuck you identify or whatever the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. All that matters is you show up, you kill, and that's it. Funny is funny. Like funny is funny. And I've a lot of the career advances that I've had have been from, I've had a lot of women have my back. Um, Ellie Rodriguez is one of my best friends down here. Um, Melissa Echevarria, who's the GM at the Miami and Dania Improv, yes. is amazing and looks out for women and is just awesome in what she does. And I've opened for Jessica Curson, who is one of the biggest comedians and champions of women and everything. Like, I've had a lot of women have my back. I've had a lot of men have my back career-wise because... I don't know. I just think it's, I like being a, a woman in a male dominated field because if you can get to that point where your results are there and you're, you're just a killer, it's just kind of cool. Cause the boys do look at you differently. Like they respect you, you. they're, they respect you and yeah. they know now not to like kind of fuck with you. You're not just abroad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or like a newcomer or you'll figure it out or uh, like whatever. Like it's, they see that you're like, yeah, funny's just funny. And so I, I, I encourage women. I'm like, it is very cool when you have success in a male-dominated field to be like, look, I cut through all the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, just focus on being funny. Don't worry about your outfit. And you'll get there, yeah. Or flirting your way or who wants to fuck you. So Some weird booker is always going to want to fuck you. Some weird male comic is always going to make a move on you. Some guy is going to book you to fuck you but make it seem like he's booking you because you're funny and you can get upset and you can get frustrated at it. But the way you beat that is you just show up and kill and play. Yeah. And show play the up game, and kill game, and man. don't fuck him. And don't, right. Don't <laughs> or do, but don't fuck own him. it. If you do, I yeah. don't know. Like, you know, like it's just so funny is funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you operate that way, other pros, male or female will see that too. Yeah. How do you deal with hecklers? Cause I've seen you post a few and she's really, really good at it. How did he, like, you get upset up there? Like, what's, uh... 
No, they usually make my show even better because I'm really good. <laughs> people like it too. Like when when the comic has like a like a quick, which you're fucking super quick, mm-hmm. come back towards the heckler. Like it's like oh yeah, they love it, especially yeah. in Miami. They yeah. love like people love drama, don't you? <clears throat> they love drama. They love a pop off. They love being a part of the show and everything. But um, I love hecklers, really. I do. I mean, I love them when it's like. I don't consider a heckler to be, I consider actually a heckler to be somebody who is interrupting the show at a negative expense. Like just being a dick, like those are hecklers to me. Like I've had people heckle like, yeah, shut up. Not funny. Fuck you or whatever. I remember specifically the Jesus Christ lady you posted. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was great. (laughs) May she rest in peace. I killed her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Metaphorically that night. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She was like, no, like there's certain like I think heckling is when it has like a negative connotation, but a lot of times with the way that I am on stage, I invite that kind of interaction and I really don't mind it and it adds to my <clears throat> set. I want them to feel like I've had people heckle just because they're like, oh my God, me too, which is I guess technically heckling, but if it's harmless. Well, if it's positive, whatever. But if it, you know you're being combative and no one's even talking to you, it's like, why are you back? It's a show. Just right. get, get up and leave if you get offended or whatever the fuck. At you know? this point, it's like, I don't, I really embrace them. Like if they're going to be like that, like I, my one strong suit is like, I'm very good at improv and I'm very good at crowd work. So heckle me like I dare you like it's like I'm like I'm gonna have I can handle you at this point there's very few things that you could do outside of like I don't know throwing a beer at my head or like (laughs) you know and even still I'd be like try me bitch like they'd end up at TGK exactly and I would end up with a free beer so (laughs) win-win but um yeah I don't mind it like I like them feeling involved as long as it's it's just, don't make it weird, man. That goes for comics too. Don't make it weird. Don't be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm up here giving you my art. You keep fucking talking. Yeah, like, don't, like, don't don't fight with the crowd. Like, just keep on. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody get angry. Like just. But yeah. Also, why are you why are you going to a comedy show if you're easily offended? Like, what the fuck are you like? Just what do you what are you expecting at a comedy show if you're like here on the you know what I mean? Comedy is still an underground art form. It's definitely an art form, 110%. Those are artists up there. Underground. What do you mean by underground? Because it's not, there's a lot of people that are very famous in stand-up, but aren't mainstream. Not a lot of, a surprising amount of people don't regularly go to stand-up shows, or you would be surprised how many people are like, I've never been to a comedy show. That's true. Right, like Netflix has done a huge, I think, and like producing so many specials, bringing stand-up to people's living rooms. spotlight, yeah. And they're like, oh, maybe I should go see a show. But mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many people are like, I've never been to a comedy show or I've never done. So they, I think there's this weird thing. If you're not really a stand-up comedy fan, you think going to a comedy show means I'm here to humor you. And like, I'm not. Like, that's like a very interesting statement. Like, it's like... Patrice O'Neill, like a legend, had even said like in his documentary, like he's like, I'm not here to humor you. Like I'm going to be me no matter what. And this is, and if you don't laugh or you don't like it or you're offended, like here's your money. Like he's like taking cash out of his pocket and been like, here's your money back, go home. (laughs) Like go home, get out of here. Like I'm not here to say, so I think that that's why that happens. They think comedy show and I think they they just think I'm going to hear Everything I hear is going to make me laugh and everything I hear is going to be my kind of funny and everything I hear is going to subscribe to exactly to what it is. To my beliefs and to my, yeah. But don't we all think that like when we like get into disagreements with people, like you see yeah. people fight on Facebook and yeah. I'm like, who gives a shit? Just let them disagree with you. 
Like move on, move on. Like there's always going to be right and left and liberal and conservative and black and white and Mm -hmm. night and day. And it's always going to, but it's like you fuck yourself over when you get in this mindset that everyone has to agree with you or your way is the right way of thinking or living. And I think that translates to comedy. They're like, I'm going to hear a bunch of stuff tonight that I agree with. And it's all hilarious to me. And it's like, no, you're not, you're not. You've never had a conversation with somebody where they've said something and you're like, Oh wow, I don't agree with that. That's kind of like it's just amplified with stand up. So, yeah, you wonder why they're at a comedy show, but then you realize, like, oh, they're not really comedy fans. Cause, like, if they were, right. they'd be able to see the art and all of these right. jokes. Right. They're just like, absolutely not. Abortion is wrong. And you're like, you can totally think abortion is wrong. It doesn't mean you get to yell at me during my set when I joke about it. Like, it, you're not that important, bro. Absolutely. Like, so it's, I think, I think comedy for both the comedian and the audience requires a lot of like pull for both of us pull our heads out of our asses. Yeah. Like as a comedian, it is my job at the end of the night to like do my job and make people laugh and kind of take my ego out of it a little bit. But as an audience member, like meet us halfway and be like, it's not always about me. I might hear some stuff tonight that I don't like. And that's okay. I just won't laugh at it. People just go like, feeling entitled. Entitled. Yeah. That's what yeah. It is. Yeah, and it's also, it's like a weird thing that not everybody does. So they don't understand what goes into it, how hard it is, how many factors can, they don't get it. So they're just immediately like, that guy wasn't funny or she sucked. And it's, you know. There's also a level of detachment, I guess, as a crowd member, you have to go in with and not, you can think something's funny and not identify with it, right? Like let's say a comedian says like a racist ass joke up there. I'll laugh because I think it's funny, but that doesn't make me a race. You know what I mean? No. Or like it doesn't, or let's say like I, I, they say it about Cubans. I'm Cuban. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh. Or, yeah. And if I don't find it funny, then I won't laugh. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, I've laughed I can't at some- believe they said something about Cubans. Like, bro. I think suicides really, I think school shootings are terrible. Terrible. And, and a, a pandemic epidemic all in their own. I have jokes about school shootings. Yeah. I reference them in my set. And I know it makes people uncomfortable and I know it, but that's, co- that's it's comedy. comedy. It's, it's comedy. not the opera. It's touching on those taboo, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just because I'm joking about it or I'm bringing it up during doesn't the set, that doesn't mean that I'm like, ha ha, kids it. got killed. Like, yeah. no, like it's, if anything, if I'm talking about it, it's because it's important. And it kind of, if we just had one, Correct. I've had comedians down here and people be like, I can't, I had an audience member one time be like, we just had one. I can't even believe you're even talking about this on stage. And thank God another audience member had my back and they were like, we've had like 3,000 <laughs> like in the last like year. Like, where have you been that we just had one? And I was like, yeah, that's all the more reason that I need to like write about it mm-hmm. and talk about it and provide commentary. Like, what do I, like, just ignore? No, absolutely not. The fact that it just happened and like also allow comedians <clears throat> to figure out how to talk about those things on stage. Don't immediately judge them if right out the gate it's not the smoothest, tightest bit. Like everyone here is navigating and trying. Trying to get out the forest. Yeah. Like that's something I'm like working on lately, like giving myself grace. Like it's been a huge thing over like probably the last six months of my life. And just like, you can make a mistake. Go easy on yourself type of shit. Uh, Always like, and just like, it's okay. You're new at this. It's okay. If you messed up that thing on your radio show, you're new at it. You're learning. It's okay. If like, Hey, I fucked up with this guy I was dating. I said things I shouldn't have said. It's okay. I'm human. All right. Like, cause and move, I and move on yeah. and move on and just don't do it again. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. Yeah. Yeah. It's important going back to like the school shooting thing you said to deal with like dark things like that with levity too. Like how do yeah. you, how do you move forward? Just being so like up to like, it's a, t- listen, it's a ter- terrible, heinous thing, mm-hmm. but like there's a level of levity that you have to like, for example, like look at like Jewish people, like what's, what's a big, um, 
theme of Jewish people, their humor, you, you know, usually. Yeah. And yeah. they probably had to build that humor to get over like the terrible shit that happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's part of life and part of moving on. You take things with stride and with a with a lightness, you know what I mean? Not just being like, oh my God, I can't believe you like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, humor should be a release. And I, I just think, I just think comedy is telling the truth and it's kind of like, uh, it's like swallowing the truth with a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. And the spoonful of sugar is the laugh. The laugh. Yeah. And is the interesting take. And um, if you just allow it, it's, I almost think like whenever like audience members can't or people can't accept a dark joke, it's uh, it's just projection. It's it like, is. well, you just haven't accepted that this is the reality or that this might be true with it. I have, I talk about abortions and domestic violence and everything in my act and like, not to make, but like old school, older, married, baby boomer, Italian and Cuban women or Hispanic women, mm -hmm. nine times out of 10 are the ones that are like, yeah, <laughs> and they go cross themselves outside. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's like a lot. Like, oh my God, like what? And I also have to accept that it's like, cause it's happening in their home. Yeah. Cause she probably had an abortion that nobody in her family knows yeah, about. Yeah, there we go. And I understand that too. And now I'm as a comedian trying to like, how do I represent this in a way that's maybe a little less jarring? Cause I know there are women, there are women in the crowd that have come to terms with it and are empowered by it. And they usually love me. And then there's those women that are still okay with it because I don't want to hate me. Cause like, they're like, I wish I could be that like, okay with it. And like, yeah, and they're not, and they're not. So, but you have to have empathy for both of them and figure that out as an artist. I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th I just think comedy's telling the truth. That's always what I've thought. Comedy's beautiful, man. Um, what was that quote? It was something about uh, a society without humor is a, is a fearful society or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. And it was like said so, it was just so perfect. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is so, so fucking good. It's that's so true. Yeah. yeah. If you can't laugh at it, you're full of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Brittany, you are amazing. You are hilarious. Thank you so much for coming. I am perfect. Perfect. <laughs> See you at TGK later. See <laughs> With Juanita like Juanita. <laughs> no, God. Put her in jail. Please put her in TGK. Um, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Uh, I think it was awesome too. Um, what are your plugs? Uh, people want to follow you. People want to go see you. People yeah. Brittany Brave on Instagram. Brit Brave on Twitter. Brittany Brave Comedy on TikTok. Brittany Brave on OnlyFans. Yes, it's free to subscribe. <laughs> no buttholes. <laughs> Um, maybe one he does maybe one yeah i should yeah, yeah, oh god i just i'm actually gonna that. put the video of juanita eating a tzatziki very like sensual essentially and sell it for 5.99 um yeah i'm and i'm june 14th dania improv if you're here in south florida come to it uh, i'm taping it and i'm also premiering the trailer for the documentary um it's what? not gonna be like it's gonna be at the show so okay. Yeah, it won't be live anywhere else. So, you know, you're going to get to see a sneak peek of the documentary that night. Amazing. 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 Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. And that's all the time we got for today. My cafecito just kicked in. I'm like, yeah, let's get it. Now? Yeah, I'm sorry. What, what, what were you running on earlier? <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time, guys. Have yourselves a good day. And like always, no se meta con nadie para que nadie se las meta. No se meta con nadie para la pinga. Hey, hey, pinga, pinga, pinga. Bye. Oh, that's killer.